This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host Vicki Bolson is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information. Hey, Vicki. Hey, Kathy. I have something really funny to tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> is it so, terrible? It is. So okay. um, yesterday I got a text from our mutual friend, Debbie, who I believe was following up on an idea that you all had. And she asked me to start saving corks for her. <laughs> yeah. And I was slightly offended because I wanted to know why she thought I would have a lot of corks. <laughs> so there were quite a few people on the text. Well, not quite a few. Actually, just about four people on the text. But apparently we've been outed as, as wine drinkers. So Well, I have hundreds and hundreds, so no shame here. But some of them are my brothers because... Um, I think I know what she's talking about. Debbie, she was over, and I told her I had like a little trivet that yeah. I made from corks, and I told her I wanted to make a big bath um, mat. Right. You know, and then what's really funny is yesterday, uh, one of my girls, Rose, is redoing her room, and she wants this one wall to be all photos mm -hmm. and posters and stuff, and she has, it's all white. And then she has this, you know, like a pine wood kind of um, desk and stuff. And she said, I need something to really fill up my wall because I want the whole wall to be filled. And I yeah. said, I'll make you a bulletin board out of wine corks. Oh, and she was like, that'd be so cool, which it would really yeah. would be cool. So um, so anyway, we should have a cork making item right. party. There's a ton of stuff on Pinterest mm -hmm. that you can make with corks, like window, you know, yeah. pots and so I have anyway. a purse too. You do? Yeah. Whoa. And I have nothing, but I didn't have anything to do with the sourcing of the cork for that. Just oh. so you know, I did buy it at a winery though. Are you? Are, do you think you're a crafty person? No. Okay. God yeah. no. I I can do the whole cork thing. I can do mosaic tiling, but but anyway, we'll have a cork party. Okay. Okay. Which we're talking about this because we have this amazing guest today, and we're going to talk all things cork. Our guest, Sunny, is from one of the largest and most active global suppliers and distributors of cork items in the world. Um, Jelinek Cork Group is over 150 years old, and like I said, it's one of the oldest continually active cork companies in the world. It remains privately owned, and it's a fifth-generation family-run company. It's headquartered in Canada with warehouses, office, and production facilities in various countries around the world. Um, over the years, Jelinek Cork Group has introduced new and exciting products to vastly different market areas, beginning with those beloved bottle stoppers, but only in this case it was for beer. Oh. It's a really interesting right. story. They also make products for a, a variety of industries, the automotive industry and engine parts, specialty components for things like musical instruments and sporting goods and shoe trades, 
industrial goods and building products. Um, they also do uh, numerous products for the stationary and home improvement markets, mm. which that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, can, I mean, that to me makes sense. The others, I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Despite being one of the largest and most active global suppliers and distributors of cork items, JCG, that's short for Jelinek Cork Group, is always aware of its social responsibilities as well as its responsibility to the environment and the continued preservation and well-being of the cork oak trees, the raw material source for all cork products. They have some unique program partners taking their social responsibility beyond bringing awareness towards the natural cork. The JCG model holds steadfast. I love this. If you like nature, you will love cork, and the company's belief in the environment remains equally strong. Its line of cork products are all manufactured only from trees that go on living. So I would say that all of this makes Jelinek Cork Group perhaps the most innovative cork company in the world. And today we welcome Sunny, whose last name just happens to be Jelinek. <laughs> Hi, Sunny. So I think we have one of the uh, generational heirs on air with us today, huh? Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for that introduction. And, and I really enjoy uh, listening to your ideas of how to use used wine corks to create uh, <laughs> d different things. And, that, and you know, that's a, it's, it's a great example of, of reuse and, and not putting something in, in the landfill. Um, so the more creative, uh, we love hearing creative ideas on what to do with wine corks. Um, so thank you for that. Oh, of course. Well, Sonny, I met you under kind of unusual circumstances. I went on a solo YOLO trip. YOLO stands for you only live once. And oh, I <laughs> look at you. That's I know, terrible. I know. So I and you know, I went to Savannah and I was out for a, a big walk in the morning and I saw your it's a whole building and I thought, What in the world is this? And so I walked in and I started walking around and I saw all the different home products and your very, very, very friendly staff was talking to me and asking me if I know much about cork, et cetera. And then it occurred to me, oh my gosh, I'd love to have someone from here on the podcast. And so I just happened to ask if an owner or manager or anyone was there. And you came out of the back and we had a really lovely conversation and you immediately agreed to be on the podcast. Um, in the intro, we talked about how you um, have warehouses and things all over the world, but is the Savannah store your only store? And I guess that, that's really kind of an open-ended question. We'd really like our listeners to know more about just the history and why there's a store in Savannah, and it's such a great story. Sure, and it, it was it was great that you uh, walked in, uh, Vicki. We, you know, it's we get visitors in Savannah from all over the world. So it's really neat the the diversity of people who come through this store. And, and I love interacting with people and everyone seems to have a story about cork. <laughs> and some, some people know what cork is. Other people have no idea. They think it's a, a synthetic material. So why don't I start with what cork is yes that, yes that, yeah okay so cork is the bark of of a tree it's a type of tree it's a type of oak tree 
these trees grow in the Mediterranean region. So Portugal, Spain, uh, parts of France, Italy, North Africa, uh, around the Mediterranean, particularly the Western Mediterranean. And the trees have a special characteristic in that when you remove the bark and you can completely remove the bark from the trunk of the tree and even the branches of, of the tree, you're not harming the tree in any way. In fact, the tree uh, immediately starts regrowing that bark and you can reharvest the, the bark from the tree. And with that bark, we make different products out of cork. And the great thing is the tree lives like a typical oak tree would, uh, you know, 200, up to 200 years typically. And the entire time they're filtering carbon dioxide, generating oxygen, creating a habitat for plant and animal life, and providing us with this product, cork. So it's a very, very renewable and sustainable uh, material. It sure is. How So you first started, um, I can't remember the year, but it all started with corking beer bottles in the Czech Republic, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. So it was the mid-1800s, and at that time, my grandfather from five generations ago imported cork from Portugal, essentially, for wooden beer barrels. And, and the Czech, Czech Republic, it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the time, is a big beer-drinking region. So he would bring cork in, and they would use the cork for the, the bung of these wooden barrels. And, and that's how, how it started. And again, that's the mid-1800s. And then over time, it evolved to wine cork uh, production and eventually um, to other building materials. Winemakers recently have started converting to screw caps and synthetic corks for a percent of their production. However, there's still a huge natural cork or real cork wine market, um, and that continues to act as the foundation for the, for the cork industry. Um, so when you peel the bark off the tree, you punch wine corks right out of the, the bark. Around nine years of growth, the bark is thick enough that you can actually punch wine corks out. And then what's, what's left, the waste from that production is ground up or shaved and turned into these other products. It's pretty amazing, Kathy. They have um, kind of a, um, you can see how they do it in the store in Savannah. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have a bigger appreciation now when I'm uncorking a bottle of wine yeah. just to think about, you know, just where it originated from. And um, that's one reason, too, why, you know, I mean, I've always saved them and because I'm kind of a recycler. Um, but whoa, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. It takes nine years before yeah. you can punch one out, you know? Yeah. I, so with all of the leftover stuff, you make all your other products. Um, the home products make sense, flooring and, you know, I would think most people have maybe at least heard that cork floors, right. you know, exist, but what about some of those other lines, like the automotive industry and, um, what are some of those products? 
Yeah, so so the neat thing is that I often say to people that in almost every room, there's cork somewhere. And uh, so if, if we think about it from a standpoint, you might have a cork board, so obvious things. Uh, cork flooring is a little less obvious, although some people know about it, others still don't, but, but it would be visibly obvious. But where the products, there's a lot of products that you don't see. So uh, cork for sound control in multi-level buildings, like high-rise apartment buildings, for example, the cork will go under hardwood and ceramic to reduce sound. Um, With automotive gasket material is typically cork combined with a, a rubber or a, a, or possibly a synthetic material depending on the properties it's used in light bulbs many light bulbs the mold release compound when they're making these light bulbs is a cork dust so the uses of cork are, are very comprehensive it's a lightweight material it expands uh, in its natural state it's fire resistant it floats um it, so it has all these properties that can be used to, aqua- across a, a wide range of industries yeah so that's pretty unique to have a fifth generation family business um i've been fortunate enough to do some consulting for many years and and um sometimes working with family businesses is really the most challenging can you talk a little bit about how the the notion and what you all do with social responsibility has kind of changed and evolved through the years? Certainly. So we kind of fell into, you know, the, the sustainability um, idea with cork being a natural mm-hmm. material. And, and you know, I, by the way, when you throw a wine cork out that's a real wine cork it's natural it will break down in compost uh like setting and it it will just become part of the earth again so it's not bad to throw it out you're not harming the environment um but by reusing it you're keeping it out of the landfill so you're not filling up the landfill so Mm -hmm. uh we kind of fell into that sustainability um, with the product itself. And I think one of the reasons we've been able to stay as an continuously active family business for so long is the diversity of products that we carry. And every family member over time has seemed to specialize in a an area that they were very passionate about. So that's that's been a big help. Yeah. For example, cork fishing uh, rod handles mm-hmm. uh, are a very popular thing, or fishing floats. So if someone was to be very passionate about fishing and part of this business, they could focus on that area. What we've done recently with the stores so we're, we're traditionally this wholesale business we sell to a lot of other businesses um, different material finished goods for other companies to use in their products and what what we've done recently with we have we now have two stores that we call the cork house 
We have one near our head office just outside of Toronto, and we're just in the process of, of getting going with the retail store setting in Savannah. And what we've tried to do with our stores, and this is certainly an evolution, is to look at the lifestyle of the cork-growing region. The biggest cork-growing region is Portugal. So the the lifestyle of the the cork farmer and that Mediterranean region has been shown that these people often live longer than other people. So we tried to distill some of the elements from that and, and create a similar setup within our stores. So, for example, we not only have a retail presence, but some of our retailers have workspace in the back of our facility. It's, mm. it's a fairly large facility, and they're able to work there. And then we create programming around that. So um, we will have like a potluck uh, lunch for all the, not only the, the staff, but our community members who, who are part of that community. And that starts to build this sense of community that, that we noticed in these cork growing regions. And we're, we've looked at different aspects, whether it's a sense of community, uh, natural movement, eating mm -hmm. properly, kind of real foods, and we're trying to incorporate that into what we do. So we'll, we hold workshops on healthy eating, and uh, we, tr we have programming coming online shortly where we'll have, you know, a daily morning coffee walk so all the members of the community can go on a, a walk and have that movement first thing in the morning. And the, uh, the, the entire idea revolves around this kind of this lifestyle that we're trying to manifest within the space beyond just selling uh, retail products. I love that. Yeah. I had written down um, a quote that, I mean, I have more notes from our pre-interview, I think, than anyone. <laughs> but one of the things I quoted, and I have it a little wrong maybe, but so I if I'm, I apologize if I get it wrong, but I wrote, looking to see what court group can do to holistically have a better sense of community and connectedness. So that really sums it up. I mean, trying to live the lifestyle of the people who are the producers mm -hmm. of the product, you know. The other thing, Sunny, okay. that you, you told us that I think is really awesome that I didn't know about is um, your program with Whole Foods. Yes. Yeah. And, and that is, it's a program uh, called Cork Reharvest. It's an individual entity. Uh, we are a participant in it. It's a nonprofit. And they collect used wine corks. And most Whole Foods, even now that Whole Foods is part of Amazon, continues to have uh, bins when you first walk into the Whole Foods where you can drop off your wine corks and those wine corks will go with the Whole Foods trucks that are going back to their distribution center. So the trucks are going that way anyway. It's not making, they're not making a special trip. And eventually 
they'll make their way to us and a couple other partners and we will uh, recycle the corks. We'll turn them into other products. That's really cool. I just had this picture of Amy and Debbie doing a Whole Foods run. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. That's hilarious. Oh, shoot. If we need yeah, some corks fast, that's where we're going. Right. Don't tell anybody that. Well, it's, it's funny that a, a lot of the we, – we initially thought when we started with this program, um, and, and we were one of the early participants with the program – is that we were going to be grinding up most of the cork and, and turning it into other product. But we're finding so many people want to do crafts with the mm. corks that we make them available for people to do uh, crafting mm. with that. So a percent still does get ground up and turned into products, but it, there's there are very... There's a whole slew of innovative ideas that that you can do, uh, like you were talking about it in the beginning with your your used wine corks. Before I had collected them and I wanted some to start my crafting, I bought them on eBay. And I mm-hmm. I remember looking and I I bought like a hundred of them and at one time from someone. Um, I found that to be really interesting yeah, too, and you, and you can you can still do that. You can still buy them because um, I, when I was writing the intro for you, Sunny, I looked because I was just kind of curious, you know, mm-hmm. to see if it was still there. Yeah, yeah. So, Sunny, one yep. of the questions that we ask um, our guests quite frequently, and um, it's always interesting to get the answer, is how the CSR how it got integrated within your company. Would you say that was by default or by design? I would say that it's something that we've that's been part of our company from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and it it wasn't it designed in where we sat down and we said, let's strategically create programming around uh, social responsibility. It, I would say it it was an evolution of something mm-hmm. that was inherent within the company. More recently, we have started to talk about it from a standpoint of what what can we do as a business uh, to make the world a better place. You know, as as uh, cliche as that sounds, that that's ultimately our goal in business, and we do it through the use of our product and creating. The, you know, this environment, this sense of community and belonging and membership. And that's our way of, of doing that. Um, and, you know, in our discussions, we've always come across, well, what does social responsibility mean? Does it mean donating to charities and so on? And one of the things we keep coming back to is if we can provide a great environment for our staff and uh, our our community, who that includes customers and vendors, and create a sustainable business that continues, then we're successful. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a big believer that sustainability includes being financially viable. Sure. We can have all the good intentions in the world and not 
continue in one year and then anyone who's employed is out of a job and so on. So it, it's important that in being socially responsible, we continue, we, we continue to consider we also need to be sustainable so that 15 years down the road, the kids of our employees may now have an opportunity to work within the company if they so desired. I think you're the true definition of people, planet, and profits, mm -hmm. the triple bottom line. Um, so given that, can you give our listeners a bit of advice on if they wanted to improve or develop their own social responsibility program, what would be the, the best advice you could give them? I, w I would say really good advice is think long term. Don't think your current year. Because we can, we can always think about, okay, right now I've got these bills to pay, but I want to, uh, I want to help out with this charity who just knocked on my door. And that's good, but you get caught up in, a, in sort of a hamster wheel of picking and choosing uh, wh what you do. Planning long-term and thinking long-term. Think like you're going to be around in another 100 years. We're fortunate in this company in that we, we actually have been through that. And I would feel, I, I feel this enormous weight that if I was the fifth generation who messed up this whole business, uh, you know, I'm always going to be remembered as that. So my thinking by default goes long-term, whereas... I think someone newer in a business, uh, a more recent business, might not think as long-term. Mm -hmm. and, and what I think long-term thinking does is it helps you set a strategy for sustainability. Sustainability, as I, I was talking about, of the business model, of your own as a business owner or a leader within the business, your own uh, business life cycle, but also those that come after you and also con considering your other uh, partners, whether they're suppliers, vendors, or customers in that. So my biggest piece of advice is sit down, think what can I do to be here in a hundred years and create a difference for the world and think big, write it down and then reverse engineer it to today. And you're setting yourself up for a, a really good long-term um, model. Yeah, that's great advice. And really it is so interesting because you probably are one of the, the oldest, most long-standing companies that we've talked to. So that's, that's mm -hmm. particularly fitting. So, Sunny, can you tell our listeners how they can find out uh, more about Jelinek Court Group or, or you? Sure. Uh, you can our our website for for the the company is jelinek.com, which is J-E-L-I-N-E-K.com. You could probably just Google Jelinek Cork and and we'll come up, and then. Our retail store, you're welcome, anyone who's visiting Savannah, uh, please come and see us. 
or visiting Oakville, Ontario, just outside of Toronto, uh, you, it is called the, the Cork House. And you can go to corkhouse.com and get some more information on what we're doing there. And feel free to email uh, if you send an email through either website and want to speak to me directly, I'll, I'll end up getting the, the email. Thank you, Sonny, for taking time out and talking with us today. Well, thank you both, Kathy and Vicki, and I appreciate everything that you're doing to create awareness around this very, very important um, aspect of, of the business world. Well, thank you. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, Sonny. Bye, Sonny. Goodbye. Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take, take care, care in, in business. business. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information.